Good Saturday morning and welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing this morning? Well, I'm here. You are here. That's half the battle, Bill. <laughs> good morning. It's good to see you, Bill. What's yeah, uh, what's always. new in your world? Uh, it's same old, same old. Oh, uh, <laughs> we had a good uh, seminar this past week and... Uh, uh, last weekend, I had uh, the pleasure of hosting a conference of elder law attorneys, uh, North Carolina chapter of NALA, uh, up at Black Mountain. So we had a, an ex- a excellent retreat there for elder law attorneys and those trying to become elder law attorneys. So, um, uh, But uh, truthfully, anytime you work through a weekend and you get no break whatsoever, uh, you come back uh, relatively exhausted. So this weekend is, is pretty nice, you know, having some time off. Well, I'll give you the rest of the day off after we hit noon here. Okay, Bill, how about that? Well, uh, cool. speaking of, uh, I guess, some sort of deadlines and working through the weekend, if folks don't have their uh, taxes ready to go, the this deadline is, is creeping up. There you go. This is tax weekend. So everybody who's not, re- you know, haven't, hasn't already uh, done their tax return, uh, this is this is the day or this is the weekend to get it done. Um uh, and, and I should, and so I do want to talk about income taxes. They're important to all of us, uh, and a, a couple things. So, if you're not ready to file your taxes, and you're going, "Oops, I just need more time to get things together," you can file an extension, which is automatically granted, uh, which is pretty nice. Um, and of course, uh, if your CPA can't get to it, you know, filing an extension um, can be extremely helpful to you so that you can make sure that when you do file your taxes, they're accurate. But there's a big caveat uh, or a watch out if you want uh, to, when you when you file an extension, it does not give you an extension of time to pay your tax. (laughs) So the key is if you're going to file an extension, you need to be pretty sure that all of your taxes have been paid so that you will not owe any tax uh, to the Internal Revenue Service or to the Department of Revenue Uh, because – if you owe tax, uh, you will have to pay not only a penalty for late payment, but also interest on it as well. So you get a nice little surprise uh, in terms of additional taxes that must be paid if you do not have your uh, tax liability paid completely when you file your extension. So. If you're not sure and you think you might owe a little bit of taxes, it's a good idea to add a payment uh, when you file for your extension. That's sort of a, a biggie. And of course, this year it is um, uh, it's the changeover year. It, it's a lot of us don't necessarily know uh, based on prior years what our taxes will be. But as, um, uh, you know, um, a a few things about that. (laughs) uh, For most of us, 
the new tax laws are close to a wash. In other words, we're not really getting any benefit. We might owe a little more. We might owe a little less. Um, of course, what's happened as well uh, is those folks who are used to getting a refund, uh, you know, maybe of eight or nine hundred dollars, or fifteen hundred dollars, or maybe even two or three thousand dollars a year. It's highly likely, unless you adjusted your withholding last year for your employer to withhold more than the withholding tables call for, it's highly likely that you will get very little refund this year. In fact, that's been a complaint for an awful lot of taxpayers that they're used to having a nice refund that they plan their vacation with or they use to uh, purchase something that's needed uh, or wanted. Uh, you know, it's it's sort of their little nest egg of savings, if you will. They let the IRS uh, hold their money in their savings, which is not necessarily good financial planning, but it's what a lot of folks do, and it works. Um, but this year, it's highly likely that they're not going to get much of a refund or no refund at all. They may owe a little tax where they are not accustomed to it. Um now, there also this year, there will be far more folks who do not itemize uh, because when they did this Tax Reform Act, they, um, they took away our um, personal exemptions. They increased the standard deduction significantly, but they took away our personal exemptions. And so uh, even though the standard deduction seems a whole lot more, because it is, when you take away the personal exemptions, um, it, they really didn't give us much. <laughs> but what they did was, for those folks who used to itemize and be able to take charitable deductions and the like, um, uh, most folks will no longer itemize, because for a married couple, you have to have itemized deductions that exceed $24,000. And if you don't, you're not going to itemize anymore. Why itemize and have have the potential for an audit when you just take a, a standard deduction and there's no question about your tax return being correct? So that's um, sort of a biggie. Uh, now, uh, so it, it's, it's sort of like, well, if they call this tax reform, who's getting the real benefit out of this thing? Well... Uh, for most of us, you know, middle-class taxpayers really haven't gotten any benefit to, to speak of, with one exception. And those of us who own small businesses, uh, we're getting a pretty nice tax break. At least we are temporarily. Uh, and those folks who uh, own um, private corporations – are getting a, a nice tax break for the most part, particularly if it's a medium-sized corporations. Small corporations, the really teeny corporations, may actually have to pay more. Uh, and that's because the most corporations used to pay more than 21% income tax rate. However, the really small corporations actually paid less than that. Um, and so, uh, in fact, a lot of corporations, uh, small businesses, only paid 15% corporate tax. A lot of folks don't realize that. 
Well, so those c- companies are actually paying more because now we have a flat 21% tax rate for all corporations, all C corporations. We also have what's called an S corp, um, which is a flow through or pass through entity uh, like most uh, limited liability companies, which are also uh, pass through uh, companies. In other words, that tax is is passed through to the owners of the company who pay the tax on their you know, regular income tax return. So uh, small companies, for the most part, are, are in fact, getting a big break. Uh, it's um, uh, called a qualified business deduction. Um, I, I call it a 199A deduction. And I'm, so if you're an owner of a small business, you really need to pay attention because um, this is a huge planning opportunity for uh, companies that um, um, are small and get this 199A deduction. It's a deduction that right now will last through 2025. You know, in other words, it was part of the incentive package um, and to, to, to spur the economy. But it's a 20% off the bottom uh, deduction uh, for those families that have a small business with where their total income is less than $315,000. And then there's a phase out between three fifteen dollars and four fifteen dollars in terms of total income. And by income, I'm really talking about income of both the husband and wife from all sources. And so... Uh, for instance, you'd have to add up if you have Social Security, that. If you have pension income, that. If you have um, rental house income, you have to add that in. In other words, income from all sources um, that, that where you receive. And if you have you know income from your business or uh, from em- other employment for both husband and wife, then if all of your income is less than $315,000, you get this 20% deduction. And, and I've been a little shocked that many CPAs and other accountants have not really talked to their business owners how, how they may want to take advantage. In other words, do things a little bit different to take advantage of that 20% reduction in their business income. I mean, that's income tax. That's huge. And it really is something that all business owners should be thinking about in terms of how they might want to change how they do things to take advantage of that huge tax break. Um, now, obviously, uh, well, there's and there's some other things uh, that we can talk about. Um, and and so if uh, for some people uh, who have the option between being an employee and an independent contractor, and, and an independent contractor is a business owner, um, then uh, for, depending on circumstances, it might be an opportunity to reduce your taxes by thousands of dollars by converting from one to the other. A lot of it depends on what kind of benefits you're receiving as an employee. And if you're not receiving any benefits, it might be helpful to think in terms of, well, maybe I should, I can still do the same thing, but I'll do it as an independent contractor rather than as a, an employee. 
uh, that there are a lot of opportunities for, for business owners at this point in terms of how they structure their income tax. Now, I know we have to take a break. So what I, I want to talk a little bit about when we come back, uh, and it still relates to taxes. I don't want to bore people to death, but the difference between some of the entity choices that folks who are thinking about creating a business may want to look at. Well, it takes a, a lot of thinking and planning to make those decisions because you got to be forward thinking and sort of seeing, okay, how is this going to work out in the future? So it, it's a big decision. So we'll get to that in just a bit. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good morning to you. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we were just talking about income tax. And just before the break, you mentioned how deciding how to classify your business is a very important decision. Well, in terms of uh, choice of forming a business. But, you know, before I do that, uh, there, I, I was just thinking about some things that I should continue to mention to folks regarding, in, you know, this is income tax weekend. So it's uh, some other things that may hit people by surprise since this is the first year filing under the new system. Um well, and, and that's for those folks who are not business owners who in the past um, itemized. Um, and, and now, you know, obviously I, I am a business owner as a, you know, my law firm is a business. Um, and that's very nice for me. But I, in the past, I've always itemized. You know, I've had fairly large charitable deductions and things like that. Well... Um, and a, a, a big factor for an awful lot of people, uh, particularly those who are generous to their church and tithe or give uh, a significant amount to their favorite charity, whichever that is, unfortunately, under the new tax code, if you take the standard deduction, which is going to be true for 95% of Americans, if not more, uh, under the new tax code, you're not going to have a charitable deduction anymore. Not a good thing for the churches and charities that depend on those donations. Uh, but for those who used to itemize, in other words, your itemized deductions were in the range of, say, twenty to twenty-six, twenty-seven thousand dollars total. Um, it's probably likely this year that you're not going to have um, to itemize anymore. But the bad news is, uh, and I'll be um, surprised if those of us who itemized and don't have a business don't have to pay more in income tax. And another huge limitation for personal taxpayers is uh, the fact that there is a limited deduction on their state and local taxes. In other words, what you pay for state income tax 
as a deduction, what you pay for real estate tax on your home and possibly if you have a vacation house or rental, not rental houses, that's a different thing, and I wanted to mention that. Uh, but if you have a vacation house that's not rented, um, then tax um, is going to be limited to a total of $10,000. And, of course, that, to the degree that you used to itemize, uh, is makes it more likely that you will not itemize in the future, uh, particularly if your itemized deductions were somewhere in the range of you know, twenty-four to thirty thousand dollars. More than likely, you're not going to have because of the state and local tax limitation of ten thousand dollars. It's highly likely that all of your deductions together uh, will be less than uh, twenty-four thousand, pushing you into the standard deduction range again, uh, increasing your taxes. Uh, not a good thing. So, yeah, who who won the, the battle? I mean, anybody who was a very high-income person and corporations um, are the winners. They're, they're the ones who are really getting a huge tax break out of this uh, new tax act. Uh, the rest of us uh, are getting very little, if any, tax break, or uh, we may end up paying more because of how our taxes actually end up on the paper. Um, or in the computer, I should say, these days. Um, so uh, now, the, the, for those who have a vacation home, uh, at this point, you may want to start renting it, at least some, uh, so that uh, you can put the, uh, that property down on your Schedule E. Schedule E is where rental real estate typically goes. Uh, and if it's on Schedule E, then you can deduct. You're not limited to the what we what's called SALT, the state and local tax limitation. So if it's a business property, a rental income property, then you can take full deductions on your real estate uh, without the cap. So that's now you can't do that for your home. Uh, but but for any additional real estate that you might have, you're not capped, and so. Um, and of course, the, the real estate also gets that nice twenty percent one ninety nine a deduction as well, which is good. And so, um, uh, the, uh, you know, obviously, any property that you have in an LLC or corporation uh, or property that's reported on your Schedule E uh, is not limited to. In other words, none of your deductions are limited for any kind of business income that you have. And another little tip as far as I'm concerned is the fact that if uh, you're not going to be able to itemize on your personal tax, but you do have rental income or you have um, other you know, business income, then you might want to shift your charitable deductions over to your business uh, so that it's a deductible expense for your business where it may not, I mean, if you don't uh, itemize, uh, you're not going to have a charitable deduction on your personal income tax anymore. You know there there are an awful lot of former tax deductions that have gone away, and and that's going to hit po people who used to take those deductions, and that's a sad thing. Okay, um, business entities. You know I'm all about asset protection. And if you form a, a business or company and don't put it into an asset protection entity, uh, then you're hanging out. 
In other words, if your business creates a liability, creditors can not only go after your business, they can go after all your personal assets as well. And so, and there are an awful lot of folks that actually do business as a sole proprietor. In other words, they figure they're they're fine, no problem. But then the unexpected happens. I mean, that's what happens to any of us. Uh, you never expect to, that you're going to do something that's bad or wrong or negligent. Uh, but when it does happen, if you don't have an asset protection entity wrapper for your business, then your personal assets and all your savings are potentially at risk. Now, we do have some additional protections in North Carolina. So if you own real estate with your spouse, that's tenants by the entirety, it has some protection because a creditor who sues you personally and not your spouse can't go after your home, can't go after real estate that's held as tenants by the entirety. And that's also true in North Carolina if you put that property into a revocable trust. Uh, In other words, the legislature has basically said that's still protected if it's inside your trust, Uh, just like it would be if it's held together as husband and wife under what we call in North Carolina tenancy by the entirety. Uh, Our retirement accounts are protected in North Carolina, either by state or federal law. And our life insurance is protected in North Carolina by state law. So, you know, there's – but they can go after everything else. (laughs) And for most folks, you know, they have a nice nest egg in the bank or they have nest egg in their investment accounts and and the like. Um, So, uh, you know, these – Asset protection wrappers are extremely important. So what are those wrappers? The big one, at least, and the one that's most favored by most of us today is called a limited liability company. Um, The other wrapper is a corporation. And in a corporation, you can either hold it as a C-corp, a regular corporation, or you can make what's called a subchapter S election. Now, if you form a corporation, it's automatically a corporation unless you make a subchapter S election uh, within 90 days of incorporating. Um, And most small businesses who uh, charter as a corporation do, in fact, make an S election. We call them S corps for good reason. Uh, S corps have a lot of advantages. One of the things, particularly when you're starting out in a business and you want to be a corporation, uh, then the S-Corp allows you to take losses on your personal income tax return because all of the uh, profits and losses are pushed over to your personal return. The same is true for a limited liability company. So you say, well, what's what's the difference? Why should I choose a limited liability company over a corporation? Well, this is a personal decision that should be made with a knowledgeable attorney who can help you with this. But the short answer is that a, a limited liability company has very few um, requirements in terms of keeping your entity um, legal. In other words, you don't have to have board of directors meetings and minutes 
of shareholder meetings and election of officers, which is an annual requirement for every corporation. Um, and and so you, if you're going to operate a corporation, you have to operate like a corporation. You have to have a corporation bank account. You have to have an LLC bank account too, but you have to operate like a business, whether you're an LLC or a corporation. But an LLC has far fewer legal requirements in terms of how you operate the business. A couple of the other advantages of an LLC is that you uh, it's operated by a manager, and you can form a, a company, an LLC, and be a lifetime manager so that the members of the company can't fire you. <laughs> and if you're a parent uh, who is creating a family company, you know, something to benefit yourself and your children in later years – that's an advantage where as you give interest to your children potentially that they don't have the ability to vote you out of office. Uh, the other thing is is that an LLC actually has better creditor protection because uh, creditors have uh, an only one choice in how to try to sue an LLC. Uh, and that's with uh, if they get a judgment, they get what's called a charging order. And that's their exclusive remedy, and that's the only thing that they can do. They can't do anything more. They can't vote in your company. They can't take over your company, and they can't uh, force you to make distributions to them, which is a huge advantage, and it's also a reason that many creditors don't like charging orders at all. So uh, at least in my practice, um, most of my clients are going to choose an LLC. Now, why might a person choose a corporation? Well, if it's a small company, and you might think, well, why should we choose a C-Corp if we're a small company? Because number one, if we're in a C-Corp, we can't take losses on our personal tax returns, and there's always double taxation. So what that means is, is the corporation will pay 21% on profits, and uh, then, uh, if any money is distributed to the owners of the corporation, they have to pay – it's paid out in what's called dividends, and dividends are taxed to the individual taxpayer. So it's taxed once as a corporation, and then it's taxed again when it distributes dividends to you. So you have to look at that. But uh, it does give you limited liability, uh, which is wonderful, and – uh, let's say that you're an entrepreneur and you know that your company is going to be successful and it's going to grow, and you know that you want to sell it. In other words, it's not a service company where, by, like a lawyer or a, a CPA or somebody like that, because our businesses typically are not overly valuable. They, they can be if you have recurring business. And a CPA firm should be valuable, but not many law firms are. Um, and But you know that it's going to increase in value and that your whole effort is to create a business that will become valuable and you'll sell it in five to ten years. Uh, and hopefully at a big, big profit. <laughs> okay, well, a little known thing about the tax code is this. If you have a C-Corp, and you hold it for a minimum of five years and then sell it for less than $10 million, uh, 
there's no tax, no tax at all, no income, no capital gains tax. There's no. Um, the bottom line is there's no tax at all. So you basically get to keep every penny with no tax. Well, that's pretty nice. Well, even though from you know for the first for, for those years that you've had it, you might have to pay a little more in tax. When you sell it, there's a big difference between selling it and paying no tax and it being taxed to you personally in a pass-through entity, um, and you end up uh, paying a lot of capital gains tax. Um, so that's something that, you, yes, you sort of have to be able to see the future, but uh, oftentimes that's predictable in terms of having something that a company that you know is uh, where your capitalization has been fairly low and uh, is growing into something that is uh, very sellable and, and very valuable. So those companies have a real advantage. Now, another little known secret, and I know we have to take another break, is that if you form an LLC, a limited liability company, uh, then um, you can select how you want to be taxed. You can be taxed as a partnership, which is the way – that's the default. That's the way almost all are taxed. And if you're married and the only members are you and your wife or your husband, then you don't even have to file a, a, a separate LLC tax return. You can just put it on a Schedule C on your tax return and go from there. Uh, but – um, the key is you can elect to be taxed as an S-corp or as a C-corp inside an LLC. So that can give folks a double advantage because you can have the LLC rules for creditors, but the C-corp uh, rules uh, for tax purposes or the S-corp rules for tax purposes. So a lot of advantages. So there's those are just some of the pros and cons. And um, when um, I've probably talked too much about taxes and things like that, and people are going, oh, no more of this. So um, let's talk about some scams when we come back. We'll talk about scams. And if you are uh, if you have more interest in the, the, the discussion that we were just having, Bill, I know you have uh, at least one chapter dedicated to that in your book, Money Secrets with Bill and Mike, which you can find on Amazon. And you go through all the different entity types and all the advantages and disadvantages. So uh, if you do want to uh, have a handy form of that in your home, pick up Bill's book. It's Money Secrets with Bill and Mike. You can find that on Amazon. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong. He is Bill Alexander, and you can find more about him at WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website, WGALaw.com. You can find plenty more information about Bill and his 
free monthly seminars. You can check out his Asset Protection Today podcast. So much you can do at WGALaw.com. You can get a hold of him, schedule an appointment. It's a great website if uh, you want to find more information there. Bill, we'll get back to the topics at hand. And just before the break, we said we were going to move on to scams. Well, I am, and I'm going back to taxes. Uh, Why? Because truthfully, for all taxpayers, that means all of us, (laughs) (laughs) the scariest monster out there is the Internal Revenue Service. Oh, yes. You never want to get something (laughs) from the Internal Revenue Service. You want to get those taxes in and pay your taxes and, and be a good citizen. Uh, but, you know, we all have nightmares about, you know, having to pay a whole lot more in tax and, and the like. Um, and, and, and it's like this. The criminals out there realize that we are scared of official IRS correspondence and business, okay? Um, and, and truthfully, I think that's universal. I, I just think we all have this dread uh, about how the Internal Revenue Service can make our lives miserable. And, you know, from my own perspective, uh, I've never uh, worried about p- paying my taxes or those kind of things. Uh, I don't even mind paying tax. I know what it's for. It's, it's you know, we're American citizens and it pays for our defense and a lot of other legitimate things and maybe some illegitimate things too but the <laughs> but um, you know what scares me is not that it's the audit or the possibility of an audit because an audit basically can ruin your life even if you paid all your taxes legitimately simply because a lot of us are not totally organized with all of our uh, things for years, and and an audit can basically take so much of our time just to be able to show the Internal Revenue Service what they need to see, and so that's pretty scary. But so the bottom line is is that this is the season where criminals are impersonating themselves as officials of the Internal Revenue Service. So. This is a scam to be uh, knowledgeable about. If you receive an aggressive or threatening telephone call, uh, in, you know where they say they're with the Internal Revenue Service, and it sounds horribly legitimate, don't give out any information. That, because let me put it this way: the Internal Revenue Service does not make aggressive or threatening telephone calls. They do not do that. Um, but there, um, you, you know, there are a bunch of different IRS scams that are going on right now, um, and um, some of it has to do with you need to pay us right now, or we're going to come after you. Uh, that's what I would call a threatening call. Uh, but another one that you have to be very, very careful is where they are calling you with some of your personal information, and it sounds extremely legitimate, but they're calling to verify your personal information, which, guess what? They're going to use to steal money from you. Um, and so you have to be um very cautious of that. You know, you might receive a call from a scammer who says, yes, we have your tax return and we just need to verify a few details to process your return. Sounds 
legitimate, but it's not. It's a scam. Uh, and they try to get, get you to give up your personal information when they do that. Uh, sometimes uh, they need your social security number, but they have your name and they have your address and they have your children's names and things like that, all stuff that they can get on the dark web at, for very little money. Um, or they uh, want your personal bank account information because that's where they're going to put your money, you know, your tax refund money. Uh, or they need your credit card for payment of taxes or something like that. Anything like that is a scam. Recognize it as such. Um, and, and they're trying to catch you off guard as taxpayers. Um, and, and this is where you just can't be fooled. The Internal Revenue Service is never going to be calling you out of the blue asking you to verify your personal tax information. And they're certainly not going to call you in any kind of aggressive or threatening t tone to make you make an immediate payment. You know, they can be aggressive, but they're not going to call you and be aggressive about it. You know, if it's the Internal Revenue Service, they're just going to attach your bank account and say, have a nice day. <laughs> so the bottom line is that's not uh, – the IRS doesn't call you and threaten you. That's just not the way they work. Uh, and so um, – they're going to use IRS titles and official names and numbers and those kind of things, and they're going to have some of your personal information. But recognize that, you know, truthfully, if you call up the Internal Revenue Service, how hard is it to get somebody? You know, do you really think that they have the time this time of year to be calling you up out of the blue? Heck no. You're not going to receive a call from the Internal Revenue Service. It's just not going to happen. Uh, and uh, truthfully, uh, if you hung up on a legitimate Internal Revenue Service person, they would recognize the fact that that's what they're telling people to do. Uh, and, and so then they would might uh, write to you and say, give us a call or something along those lines. But uh, you just have to understand. Now, if you get one of these calls, then should you just ignore it or should you report it? And if you, who should you report it to? Well, you're probably not going to remember this, but um, you can report the call to the Treasury Inspector General, uh, and, and that's the Inspector General for Tax Administration. And you can look it up, or you can call the uh, Federal Trade Commission, um, you know, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, uh, for uh, complaint assistance. I mean, that, that's another um, one you can do. Or uh, you can go to the IRS telef – uh, there's um, – you can go to their website and then – uh, add it to their IRS telephone scam notes. You know, so there's just a couple things. You can also um, report it to the uh, North Carolina Attorney General's Office uh, Consumer Affairs Division as well because they uh, actually keep um, um, a, a book, really, of the active scams that are going on in North Carolina. And one of the best ways that you can arm yourself – as it relates to scams, not 
just the IRS scam. That's a biggie right now. But all of the active scams that are going on in North Carolina, you can actually go to the Attorney General's website, the North Carolina Attorney General's website, to their Consumer Affairs Division, and they have a whole book on scams. And the, the best way to avoid scams is to know what scams are out there. So guess what? Educate yourself. Read it. Find out what scams are going on, and then inform your family of these scams. In other words, talk to your parents, talk to your children about these scams so that folks know that these things are out there uh, because that's one of the best ways to avoid scams. Now, I realize you're looking at me like, okay, we got to take another break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about um, – um, how to deal with some of these issues uh, when they hit your family. Excellent. We'll do that right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. We are talking scams right now, Bill, and you have uh, a couple more tips for us. A couple things. Well, and so uh, how can you help protect a loved one who has the potential for being scammed? And truthfully, we all have the potential for being scammed. They're so sophisticated today. Well, one of the things is to talk to your loved ones about these scams, and so you have to educate yourself, and I've already told you where to go for that. Um, the, uh, now, the two most important things that you can do are these. F freeze your credit. Call up the three credit bureaus and freeze your credit. Now, truthfully, you can open your credit uh, open again. It's not a permanent thing, but if your credit is frozen, then somebody else cannot open credit in your name. And if you're applying at the bank for additional credit or credit card, you can basically find out what credit bureau they use and call them up and open up your credit for an hour and let them get the information that they need and then close it again. So freezing your credit is extremely helpful. And the other thing that you can do to be helpful is to monitor their investment in bank accounts, particularly their bank accounts, because that way if you see something unusual, not the normal payment of bills on their account, then you're alerted immediately to it because you're, you're, most seniors do not want to tell you they've been scammed because that scares them to uh, think that their family may want to take action uh, to take away their independence if if they've been scammed. And truthfully, all of us are subject to being scammed. And it's not because we're stupid. It's because these professionals are, are good professionals at their criminal activity, and they're very good at it. Yeah, they, they really are, and that's why you need to stay diligent. And uh, I certainly understand that fear of loss of independence and control, but you know, having that security and that level of comfort there, knowing that you're protected against those scams, following up on those tips that you had, Bill, that's great advice. A quick break and back, more with Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF.
You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. We are just about out of time here. Well, I want to remind folks you can go online to wgalaw.com. That is Bill's website. You can also find his podcast at the Asset Protection Today podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can also find it on his website, wgalaw.com. Just click on the listen button there at the top of the page. Bill, is there anything else I'm missing? Well, you know, after you get your taxes paid and all filed and all that good stuff, then have a great time. But the key is then start thinking about how can I change things for next year to get a better result? That's the key. That's what planning is all about. That is very well said, Bill. A little bit of planning goes a long way, especially when it comes to your money. We hope you'll join us again next Saturday at 11 for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great weekend.